Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Patron, patrons, and welcome to this, the 33rd episode of STS Backroads. And boy, do I have an episode tonight. This one, this one got away from me. I almost bit off more than I could chew. I knew that there was a lot of meat on this bone, but uh, I didn't realize how much, how much was on this. This is a big story. And it's going to make a fun, fun episode, I think. Tonight, I'm talking about the Zanfretta encounter. And that is a man. That's not a place. But uh, as you might have noticed, uh, that's Italian. So there's going to be a lot of Italian names in this story. Most of which I think I've got down. But you know how I am with uh, names. I'll probably mispronounce something. But I'm going to try, damn it. So... There's your warning for uh, bad possible mispronunciations of last names. But this story is so incredible. Just when you think it's done, just when you think you've reached the pinnacle of weirdness, it goes up another notch 
And then when you think that you're out of notches, it goes up to 11. So I think that's about enough of a lead up to it. No big intro needed for this. Let's just get into tonight's story. Yep, I'm saying tonight again because I'm recording tonight. So back to that, I guess. But anyway, let's talk about the Zanfretta encounter. December 6th of 1978 was a frigid one in the Italian village of Triglia. It would also be the night that Pierre Zanfretta's life would be forever changed. Zanfretta, a 26-year-old at the time, family man was a security guard who patrolled around this part of town keeping tabs on certain clients' homes. He had spent most of his shift driving around and keeping his little Fiat from sliding off the ice-covered roads. It started out as a routine night until he went to check on the home of Dr. Ettore Riggi. As Anfreda approached the unoccupied house, the car's engine died, as well as its lights and his radio. He then noticed four strange lights hovering around the garden, or the backyard as we would call it. Pierre drew his gun and grabbed his flashlight, presuming that these lights must be that of intruders. Zanfretta entered the backyard via a gate and crept close to a wall to get closer to these mysterious lights. Right before Zanfretta was about to jump onto the would-be intruders, someone or something grabbed his shoulder. Spinning around, Pierre was not met with the face of a burglar, but of a creature which he would go on to describe as being three meters tall with spines coming out the sides of their heads. Their skin seemed too big for their body, as if it hung off of their muscles like baggy clothes. They had triangle-shaped eyes and some sort of apparatus over their mouths, which gave off a light. Apparently, these beings used them to breathe in Earth's atmosphere. And if you see, if you look at pictures, or illustrations of these beings, uh, it's something like Creature from the Black Lagoon in like a gimp mask is the best I can describe it. I've got some great links in the show notes. I'll talk about them at the end here that have some awesome illustrations of said beans. Upon seeing these beans, he dropped his flashlight in horror. He mustered up enough courage to pick it up and take off running back to his car. As he ran, he glanced over his shoulder and was blinded by light. This light came from a triangle-shaped craft. The craft was low and large, so large, in fact, that it eclipsed the doctor's house behind it. Zanfrenta was then hit with a wave of intense heat. He wasted no time in getting back to his car, and when he did, he found the radio was working and called into his company's operations center. This was around 12.15 a.m., and it was fellow employee Carlo Tacolino who took the call. Tacolino could only hear babbling and garbled speech coming from the other end of the radio. He had a frightened Pierre Zanfretta on the other end. The only coherent thing he got out of Zanfretta was when he asked what the intruders looked like. No, they aren't men. They aren't men. My God, are they ugly. That's a quote. That wasn't clear. After that statement, the radio cut off. Tacolino called their chief 
Lieutenant Giovanni Casiba, and they agreed they needed to send another unit to check on the situation. Because of the bad roads, it took Ramondo Mesquia and Walter Loria, and I love how everyone has just awesome sounding Italian names, and then this dude's name is Walter. I don't know why. I wonder if he was like on the exchange program or something. I feel like he's from Wisconsin. But Walter and uh, Ramondo were sent out there, and it took them almost an hour to get to Zanfretta. They found him lying prone on the frozen ground. And when they approached, he sprang to his feet and drew his gun on them. He was just disoriented and he didn't know, he didn't, he didn't recognize him. He didn't know what was going on. Quickly, the two men rushed Zanfretta and were able to disarm him without further incident. One thing the men noticed was that even though Zanfretta had been out in the cold for at least an hour, his clothes were warm to the touch. Later that night, word had even gotten out to the Italian military police, who wasted no time and went out to the Rigi residence to conduct their own investigation. The MPs found massive imprints in the frozen grounds behind the house. There were three of them, measuring nine feet in diameter and were horseshoe-shaped. The military police would go on to find out that 52 people around the area had seen a bright light in the sky that night. Armed with the landing gear evidence, the witness reports of lights in the sky, and the fact that the commandant of the local MP station, Antonio Nucci, personally knew Zanfretta, had led him to believe that Zanfretta's story was credible. And this is what he had to say on the subject. This is a quote from him. I can state with certainty that he is a clear-thinking man with no strange fantasies in his head. When we went to investigate the scene the next day, we al he almost didn't want to come. He was so scared. Only something exceptional could have frightened him so. After the incident, Zanfretta's story quickly hit the newspapers and the TV. Many, of course, called his story a complete fabrication. Because of this, and with the support of a reporter who did believe him, named uh, Reno Di Stefano, Zanfretta decided to undergo hypnosis in order to recall more events of that night. Zanfretta would go under hypnosis on December 23rd of 1978. He would reveal that these beings actually abducted him and took him aboard the massive craft. Here, they told him that they were from a planet called Titona in the third galaxy. They also told him they want to talk with us and that they will return soon in large numbers. But that was not the end of the story, not by a long shot. Three days later, on the 26th, at around 11.45 p.m., it happened again. Zenfretta was passing through the Bargilli Tunnel, when something took control of his car. For over a mile, Zanfretta was helpless as the car drove itself through the foggy night. Then the little Fiat came to a complete and sudden stop. He once again radioed in, this time in a calm voice, where he said the car had stopped and he could see a bright light. He then got out of the car. Backup was sent out and they reached Zanfretta and his car 
at around 1.10 in the morning. It had been raining all night, but Zanfretta's clothes were warm and dry. He was found in a state of shock and was crying. He said, I quote, They say I must leave with them. What about my children? I don't want to. I don't want to. He told his backup. Like the first time, the MP investigated, and this time they found what seemed to be giant boot tracks around the car, some 20 inches long by 8 inches wide. They also found the car to be warm to the touch, even though it had been outside in the cold and the rain for hours, turned off. Not only that, but they had discovered that Zanfretta's gun had been fired five times and he had no memory of firing his weapon. By this time, the story had gained a lot of fervor. Because of the firing of his gun, investigations had to be done by his company and by the military police, and in the end, it was found that he had done nothing wrong. After this incident, Zanfretta went under hypnosis again, this time on TV. This time, he recalled being stripped naked and forced to wear some sort of strange, clear helmet. This helmet allowed him to communicate with the beans, but caused him great pain. He also remembered that one of these giant beans fired his gun five times into some sort of panel, quote unquote, in order to see if the weapon would have been able to hurt them. He then pleaded with them to uh, let him stay on Earth with his family, and he didn't want to go anywhere with them. Then, on July 30th of 1979, so now we're six months away, uh, Zanfretta was taken for a third time. This time, it happened while he was patrolling via motorcycle. He was found by his fellow employees hours later, up in the mountains outside of town, with no explanation of how he got there. He underwent a third hypnotic regression. This time, he was given sodium pentothal, yes, that's right, truth serum, by his own request. In this regression, he claimed that he was beamed up off the ground into a craft by a green light. Zanfretta vanished again, this time on December 2nd of 79. So now we're like almost a year out from this. This time, Four other security guards were witness to a large cloud-like object in the sky. I'm assuming they went to go find them, and this is what they found. The object emitted beams that shut down everyone's patrol car. Lieutenant Kasiba, you know, from the beginning, the, the chief that was in charge, actually fired his gun at the strange object. Another guard... Germano Zanardi was so traumatized by what took place that night that he never fully recovered from the encounter. He would end up taking his own life just a few months later. The next day on the 3rd, Zanfretta would be contacted, but this time by a completely different being. This time, it was a strange-looking, grinning man dressed in a checkered suit. Zanfretta was at a gas station when he met this man and was instructed by the grinning man to drive his car into a small cloud that was hovering just above a road nearby. 
Zanfretta claimed that something in the man's voice compelled him to do so. Apparently, once he did, uh, once he did, the car and Zanfretta himself appeared inside a massive ship. He then was allowed to walk around and converse with these strange beings, and it's unclear to me if these beings are the giant reptilian uh, uh, things from the beginning, or if these are more grinning men, injured cold uh, type of people. I am not sure at this point in time. So this time, as he walked around the ship, he saw what he described as tall cylinders filled with a blue liquid. One of them contained the body of something that resembled a large frog. He was told this being was one of their enemies from another planet. Another tube contained a giant humanoid bird creature. His captors then gave Zanfretta some sort of clear sphere with a pyramid inside of it. They told him to give this device to none other than Dr. J. Allen Hynek. He refused, saying he wanted no more of this, and he just wanted his life to go back to normal. But they insisted he take it anyway. According to Zanfretta, he didn't attempt to give the sphere to Hynek, but instead went and buried it out in the mountains. He's never made it clear as to why he did this. If I had to take a stab at it, I would say that uh, it was just a, maybe an attempt to cut everything off. Maybe it was like, he's like, if I give them this thing, it's just going to cause me to have to do something else. So maybe if I cut this off right here and uh, piss him off maybe and not give this thing to this guy that he's never heard of at this time, uh, maybe they'll leave me alone. Maybe I'll make them mad, they'll go away, or if I don't do this, like, it'll stop because they can't continue whatever it is they're doing. It's also unclear, like, why not just give it to Heineck themselves? I don't know. But that's, I don't know why he did it, uh, but that is kind of my thinking on, on that subject. Pierre Zanfretta would uh, disappear once more on February 14th, of 1980, Valentine's Day, where he was found once again in a state of shock, and this time was suffering from mild hypothermia. After he vanished on Valentine's Day, he had one last hypnotic uh, regression, but this time it didn't go very well. He was uh, very uncooperative. He talked in an uncharacteristic gruff voice, mainly in some sort of unknown language. When he did talk in Italian, it was incoherent and babbling. He just said things that were phrases, but they were just, they made no sense. No one could get any real information out of it. On August 13th of 1980, Zanfretta would disappear for the final time. This time, however, he was under surveillance by his fellow employees, and he was found before the aliens could get to him. After that, Pierre Zanfretta's strange encounters finally ended. And with that, so does the story of Pierre Zanfretta. And there you have it. That is quickly becoming, if not already, one of my favorite 
alien encounter, contactee, abduction cases, whatever you want to go with. Uh, I love that story. It has so much to it. Like I said, it's just encounter after encounter. And then we see another being show up and then just all of this stuff. And not only that, but we have so many names, so many dates. We have hypnosis regressions that we can look at. All of this evidence. Um, speaking of all that, I found a couple of really good things, sources, if you will, to look into for this case. The first one is the website for the book that uh, Reno Stefano, the uh, the reporter that encouraged him to get hypnotic regressions, wrote about Zanfretta. So if you go to this website, it is a very archaic website. So that's how you know it's good because they haven't updated it. Well, they have updated it, but they haven't like made it a modern site. Like it is still very much 1997, like HTML GeoCities type of stuff. But you go there, it's just a block of text that will tell you the story for the most part. But what it does have is some great pictures, uh, you know, pictures of, you know, like I said, illustrations of the creatures. It's got pictures of Zanfretta himself being under hypnosis and all of that. And then it has a couple of snapshots of what appear to be the police investigating his car after that second encounter where they found the, the boot tracks. And uh, that's worth it alone. So there are also links to get the book on like Amazon and all of that. So it actually does have, it's still, it's still being ran. You can tell that like there's still somebody behind it. It's not just some dead site because it's got Kindle links and everything on there, but it's worth it just to take a look at those couple of pictures and uh, pick up the book, which I did, but I haven't had a chance to sit down and read it yet. I'm hoping there's some more pictures in there, some really cool pictures that we haven't seen before. So uh, I'll give that a read sometime. And if there is anything in it, that's I think is worth adding to this. Maybe I'll come back and do a little uh, little addendum to this episode, but we'll see how that goes down the road. But I encourage everyone to check out that site just for the pictures alone. And then I've linked to a YouTube video of the televised hypnotic regression that he had about an hour long. Uh, it's subtitled. Don't worry. You can read it all because it's all in Italian, obviously. But uh, a great little video to watch. Some great pictures to check out. And like I said, like, so I said all that to tell you this, there's some great evidence to this case. We've got the hypnotic regressions. We've got the photos. We've got the fact that 50 some people saw this craft or saw this light that first night. And then you've got, apparently you've got four security guards that saw a ship and then fired at it. Oh yes. I'm sorry. The other great thing that uh, DeStefano's website has is he has coordinates and Google map locations of all of the sites. So uh, the doctor's house at the beginning, you can check that out on Google's maps, the uh, on Google's maps on Google maps <laughs> and uh, all of that. So like that's there, the, uh, the shootout location that they call it is there, you know, where he, where he, walked off into the mountains to bury the device he was supposed to give Heineck is on there. Great, great locations to check out and just fish around on Google maps. If you want to take a look at the area and where everything was, but just so much evidence. And then all of these witnesses claims, 
all of this stuff. You know, these security guards saw something. These military police investigated something. And I would assume have pictures of all of this somewhere, even if we never see them. Man, I hope they're in that book, but I don't know. And that's why I like this case so much is because it is batshit crazy, but it has so much stuff backing it up. And uh, I hope everyone gets a chance to dig into some of those links and all of that and enjoys this off the wall case as much as I do. And uh, that is it. That has been the Zanfretta encounter. And I loved it, quite frankly. One of the one of my favorite topics I think I've ever done for this show or any show. It's up there. So what about next week on the main show? Well, I think we're going to dig in. I don't think. I know. I've already said I'm going <laughs> to. We're going to dig into a couple of exorcisms, both of which ended up in a murder. I didn't look for it that way, but just both stories that I decided to do. Uh, that's how that happened. So it'll be kind of a hybrid true crime episode. We're going to talk about uh, the Michael Taylor exorcism in Osset over in England. And then we're going to be talking about, of course, the uh, exorcism of Arnie Johnson in uh, Brookfield, Connecticut, which, if it sounds familiar, there's a good reason for that, because that is the backdrop for The Conjuring 3. But I really want to talk about it because I'm not sure if that movie did like a great job of really getting into that case. So I wanted to do it on the show so that I could dig into that case. And then you guys can dig into that case. So that is next week on the main show. Until then, thank you for supporting. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And I will talk to everyone on the main show next week.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.